The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ Amen You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of His name. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow, will you surrender to His majesty. He can save you from the might of all your sin. This is the fight in which He stands in perfect victory while you have breath. have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ you can find peace in him from the judgment that's to he is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life. Yes. Turn away from all your sin and believe on the risen Christ. You can find peace in Him. From the judgment that's to come. He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. There are so many wonderful books to read, places to go, restaurants to check out. There are so many places to take adventure, to go explore. There are so many people to meet and to love. The world is full of opportunities. Whatever your taste is, it's out there for you. No, no, no reason to be bored. It's all there for you. It's a, a, a table laden with opportunity. But there's a scripture that just jumps at us. Terrifies us. If you want to be qualified for heaven, none of these things I've just mentioned will qualify you. There's only one qualifier for heaven. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, then you must, according to Luke, the 14th chapter, verse 27, you must carry your cross and follow me. If you do not follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Where was Jesus going when he made this statement? He was on his way to a place called Golgotha. I've stood where they think that happened. I stood and and tears rolled down my face. necessary that if we want to be with Jesus we're going to have to carry our own cross and follow and be crucified with Jesus in Romans the 6th chapter now I can tell you on the day that Jesus died on Calvary's tree 
none of his disciples were interested in taking a tour through the old city or going to a favorite restaurant. I can tell you now, they were not wanting to leave for Galilee. They were not wanting to go swimming in the ocean. They were only interested in watching as Jesus took his cross, having been scourged. And he carried his cross. And that's what we must do if we're going to become disciples of Jesus. Verse 33. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. So, question, how do you qualify for heaven? You qualify for heaven by turning your back on everything in this world everything that is a part of our pleasant consumption and lifestyle. And we follow Jesus. And we are crucified with him. Now, I'm not talking hyperbole. I'm not talking about, oh, you might think about doing this. No, this is what we must do. Two nights ago, in the hours of the dark night, the Holy Spirit very quietly spoke to me. And he said, I'm taking you deeper. That's all he said. I'm taking you deeper. Well, what would it possibly mean for Jesus to give a message by the Holy Spirit that says to a person, I'm taking you deeper? Well, I know what it means. It means I'm going to crucify you. That work of crucifixion must be done. Because I fell and broke my right leg. I've been almost now five weeks in the house. I haven't even put on a pair of shoes in that time. I haven't gone out of the house. I've waited upon Jesus. I've prayed. I've praised. I've rejoiced in his love and kindness and in the love and kindness of my sweet wife. And I have gone much deeper with Jesus. I know there has to be a a new and better change made in my heart and in my life if I expect to be qualified for heaven. Read again Romans, the sixth chapter. There's a story in Scripture that we all know. I really want to talk to you about it because it's been calling me deeper. 
it's been uncovering my heart. There was a man who had two sons in Luke, the 15th chapter. They're often referred to as the as the two. As the two lost sons. The younger one insulted his father. Demanding that he be given his share of the estate. That son got together everything that was given to him. And he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth with wild living, with loose living. In other words, this young man said, I'm going to go enjoy life while I'm still young. And while I can enjoy that life, I am going to go and play. Many of you have also made that decision. Now, you may not have had a pocket full of money to go do it, but you found jobs, and now you're living your best life. You're sexually immoral. You're feasting, going to parties, doing whatever you please doing, whatever brings you some modicum of joy to your heart. Loose living. And you're far away from home. You're far away from your father. He didn't have a cell phone. He couldn't call his dad. Besides, he wouldn't have. He was angry with farm life. He was angry with that family life. He didn't like it. So now he is consuming and having a grand time. But all of those kinds of grand times will finally come to an end. You think you're doing okay. You've got a job. You're earning money. You're living loose. You're enjoying your alcohol, your drugs. You're enjoying just living. But a time will come when all of that is going to come crashing down for you. A severe famine came to that whole country. And he began to be in need. The money was running out. The friends that he loved to have come to the house and party with him no longer wanted to come because he couldn't put on the lavish party anymore. I went to a party one time. I've never seen anything like it. The host spent days preparing that party, buying the most exquisite of everything. But I remember the day when his party stopped and he was angry. 
every party has to finally end can end when one of you has an accident. It can end when one of you gets sick. It can end when one of you loses your mind and you can't stand life anymore. You finally come to a place where the drugs just don't do it for you anymore. When the famine comes to the land, And believe me, the famine is coming for America. War is coming to the American continent. The party is going to end. And it's not going to end well for you. In this story, with the severe famine, he began to be in need. In other words, he was hungry. He couldn't go to the same restaurants. He couldn't throw the same parties. He couldn't continue to buy all of those clothes that he thought would make him look so important. Finally, he had to go out and look for a job. And because it was a severe famine, the only job he could find was in line with his skill, which was husbandry, farming. He was a farm boy. So he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him up to his fields to herd the pigs. A filthy job. The scriptures say he wanted to eat the same food that the pigs were eating, but he couldn't bring himself to do it. And then this very terse note, no one gave him anything. When he was at home, he was constantly be given things. He was given meals, he was given clothing. He was given a place to sleep, a place to wash up. It was a home. But now, as he's out there with the pigs, no one gives him a thing. So you think right now that you're being given everything that you want. You've got that gal. You've got that guy. You've got the friends. Everybody loves everybody. But they will, they will all be gone soon. And nobody will give you a thing. And you will be left alone. The very thing that you have tried the hardest to escape being left alone. Now, verse 17 says, when he came to his senses. I don't know why, but it seems like all of us have to have our share of pig slop before we'll come to our senses. Have you come to your senses yet? Or are you still out there playing with the wicked, loose living, 
Has the famine come to your heart yet? The famine will come to your heart long before it comes to your tummy. I know a lot of people who are seemingly very wealthy. But they're starving. They've had their fill of pig slop. They don't want any more. But they don't know what to do. He came to a census. And he said, How many of my father's hired hands have food to spare? Here I am starving to death. You know what? I'm going to go back to my father. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned. And he had. I've sinned against you. And I've sinned against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. When we finally had enough of the pig slop, when we finally have lived the way we wanted to live, and we're miserable, our mind is not at peace. Instead, we're struggling to just maintain our balance. We're struggling to understand what we really want to do. I know by the Spirit that some of you listening today are in the process of making a decision. Are you going to head back to the Father who is in heaven? Are you going to go back to God? Are you going to start the process of qualifying to go to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven? Are you going to begin qualifying for heaven? You've thought about it. You're thinking about it even now. Have you had enough of the pig slop? If not, go back and get some more. See how it tastes. Be alone. Know that what's that relationship you're in is not working. It's a relationship of consuming, not of giving. It's not a holy relationship. It's an unholy, ugly thing in some ways. But it helps you feel a little bit more comfortable when you get blue. What are you going to do? Are you qualified right now for heaven? Or are you not qualified at all? Now, let me make it plain. When I talk about dying, I'm not talking about physically dying. I'm talking about dying to yourself and changing from a consumer to a producer, from a hater to a lover, 
I'm talking about cutting off everything of the world. Cutting off the movies that are just lies. Cutting off the fornication. Cutting off every wicked thing that calls you out of righteousness, holiness, Jesus. I'm talking about going full out for Jesus. Almost every person who calls themselves a Christian today that I know is wrapped up in all of the foolishness of this world, having a good time, going where they want to go, doing what they want to do. Oh, they may not be living a loose life according to their standard. They may be faithful to their wife. They may not be stealing. But they are living an unclean life in their heart, in their mind. They're not really for Jesus. They're really for themselves. And they see that having this qualification for heaven would be a wonderful addition to my successful life. Are you crazy? That's not the way it will work. In other words, you have to leave the city and you have to leave the pig pen and you have to go home to the Father. Are you willing to do that? He continues. He got up and he went to his father. What's it going to take in your life for you to go back to your father who is in heaven? You may have denied him all of your life. You've lived loose. You've been selfish. You've been full of what you want. You've not been a Christ follower. You've not taken up your cross and died to yourself. Instead, you've worshipped yourself. You've loved yourself. You've not died to yourself. Are you willing to get up and go to your father and take responsibility for what you have said and done, the way you have treated people, the way you have treated yourself, with all of the things that you thought would bring you great pleasure, but instead they brought you great pain? Now, I know, if you're honest with me about what I'm talking about, you're going to have to take responsibility for your own life and acknowledge that you have not been a part of the family of God, the true family of God. He goes back to the Father. And as he begins to approach the house, still quite a ways away. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. 
ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, I want to say something to you. The father did not go to the pig pen to win his son back. The father let his son continue in his loose living until the famine came. When the famine came, the father still did not go and give him some extra money and say, Here, son, here's some extra money to carry you through. No, the son had to leave the pig pen. Now, here's a troubling part of this whole parable, this whole story. What would have happened had there been no famine? He ran out of money, but there's no famine. Well, it's very clear. He could have started a business in this wicked city. He could have gone to work for someone who would have been paying very well. And now he's comfortable in his far city. He's not in the pig pen. He's living a good life. He's earning his own way. Listen, in the end, there still would have come a famine. And he still would have ended up miserable, dirty, filled with regret, dying of Alzheimer's or of some other disease. And his life would have been over. And he would have missed eternity. Some of you don't live in a pig pen. You live in a mansion. And you think it's your forever mansion, but it's not. Because the famine will come for you. It may be sickness. Maybe accident. I don't know what it will be for you, but there will be a famine coming to you. Why? Because that's the way the system works. God brings your life to a conclusion, sometimes a very painful conclusion, and you're still not yet qualified for heaven. Some of you think you're qualified for heaven by saying a short sinner's prayer. Nothing could be further from the truth. You have been sold a line. You've been sold something very false. There is no entrance into the kingdom of God save through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that requires that you take your cross and follow Jesus. Then his father showed compassion. Jesus will show you compassion. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. 
Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. They began to celebrate. Are you lost? Are you living in a far country? Are you clearly beginning to mature and grow up enough to recognize that a famine is going to come? Now you can store up everything you want to store up to save yourself in that famine. But in the end, you will not be able to save yourself. How do you save yourself from sickness? How do you save yourself from financial ruin? You're not going to be able to save yourself. Have you considered what I'm talking about? Are you recognizing that there is no way into the kingdom of heaven except through the cross and crucifixion? And it's not just Jesus' cross, even though it is. It must also be your cross. And you must die to the world, the flesh, and the devil, or you will never enter heaven's gate. you too must be crucified with Jesus Christ. If you are not crucified, your profession of faith will not mean anything at the time of the judgment. You must get real with Jesus. You must finally be willing to recognize that he is the only way into the heavenly realm. There is no other way by which men can be saved, save through the name of Jesus Christ. And that way of entry is crucifixion. It's death to everything of your own heart. It is being born again. It is to become a new person in Christ Jesus. It is to repent of your sin. Not just say it, but actually do it. Cut it off. It's over. I don't believe that there is a person listening who does not know that fornication will take you to hell. Lying, cheating, rage, bitterness, malice, gossip. It'll all take you to the same place. It's all a part of the human heart under the control of the Antichrist spirit. And it must all be removed. It must be taken off like a filthy rag. It must be taken off and thrown away.
Well, then you have a second son. He's the older son. He's out in the field and he's working. And when he comes near the house, he hears the sounds of celebration, of a party going on. He hears the music. He hears the dancing. So he calls to one of the servants and he asks him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he's come back home, safe and sound. And the older brother became angry. He refused to go in. What's going on? Well, he has a reputation to protect. He's building his kingdom on this farm. And his younger brother is stealing from him. As far as he's concerned, half of the farm was given away. And now, brother wants to come back. Father is being compassionate and kind. Father is forgiving him. Are you kidding me? You don't gain a reputation of success by giving it all away. He also feels that his father has not treated him fairly. He's had bitterness growing in his heart for a long time. Please, can you hear me? Some of you have such bitter, angry, angry feelings in your heart because you think mom or dad, brother or sister, boss, somebody is not treating you fairly. And you're angry. And you lash out. You you gossip. You undercut. There's nothing more miserable than having a brother who qualifies for James, the third chapter, where he just says whatever he thinks, just spits it out, starts fires everywhere in his anger and bitterness and self-absorption. That's what this brother's doing. Dad goes out and he pleads with him, but he answered his father, look, All these years I've been slaving for you. Really? That's not true. They all worked hard on that farm, and they were not working for dad. They were working for the family. He's angry. Unjust. He says, I never disobeyed your orders. No, he didn't. Not in the physical. But in the spiritual, everything he did was disobedient. He says, yet you never even gave a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Uh Uh-oh, now here he goes. Who is the accuser if it's not the devil himself? This elder brother has the spirit of the devil in him. 
I'm just wondering. Do you accuse? Do you have the spirit of the devil in you? Do you undercut? Do you gossip? Do you tell people things about other people that you should not be telling them? Because you want to get even. You want to pull them down. You want to shave them down. Boy, this is such a prominent thing in so many businesses where a person has an opportunity to very slyly speak against someone else in the business to the boss. And so they they color that person for the boss. And the boss will never remember those words being spoken, but the color will remain against that person. Bashing one another. Do you know what this cheater did? Just coloring a little bit the boss's attitude toward that person. This is particularly difficult in in companies where you work together, where you do projects together. You can make those snide remarks. And, oh, thank you for letting me know. No, I didn't know that. And you have discounted that person in someone's eyes. That's the elder brother attitude. You never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. Such incredible wickedness, bitterness. My son, the father said, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Oh, that's all true. But the elder brother is also lost. The elder brother is lost and not found because he's so full of him himself. He's so full of what he wants. He wants to be the head. He wants to undercut not just his brother, but his dad. So we have two lost sons, two prodigals. One that finally says, I've had it. I'm done with the pig slop. The elder brother was still in the midst of the pig slop. Oh, he was working. He had a bed. He had a a home. In his heart, he lived in a pig pen full of bitterness and anger and judgments, accusations. 
Have you had enough of the pig slop? Have you had enough of the bitterness and the anger and the undercutting? I don't want anything to do with it. I said to someone, Look, I'm not going to fight with you. I love you. Oh, it's easy for you to say that. Meaning, I'm going to fight with you. Oh, my mama taught me something. It takes two to tango. It takes two to fight. I just made a, a very clear decision in my heart. I'm not going to go wrestle with someone in the pig pen. I'm done. I've been caught in that too many times. No, I'm going to live with the joy of the Lord as he finishes this job of crucifying me. And I know when the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm taking you deeper, I rejoiced with my wife because I know what he means is, I'm going to finish now the work I started in you. I'm going to finish cleaning you up. Don't go back and get in the pig slop again. I'm not going to by the grace of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. I'm done with it. I want to live clean and holy before a mighty God. Oh, my brother, my sister. What do you want to do with Jesus? Some people say, oh, an hour video is too long. Yes, an hour video is much too long for those who are eager to get back to the world. An hour is far too long for you who are so busy in the far-off city that you don't want to pay attention. as I have been broken before the Lord, unable to walk. I've spent many, many hours in silence before him. And I've learned to just rest in him. Well, Pastor, why haven't you gone to a doctor? I have. His name is Jesus. And I'm waiting on him. And he will do that healing in my heart. Now I'd like to pray with you. Lord Jesus. I will trust in you now. I do lay down my life now. And I repent for spending such a large amount of my life consuming 
playing the Christian game. Lord, I renounce the American Christian game, the American Christian culture. I renounce it in your name, Jesus. And I pray, Almighty God, that every person listening to me right now who has any inclination, any calling by your Spirit to leave the pig pen, that you would call them out of that pig pen. And Lord, if they're living a loose life, I ask whatever it will take, would you please bring a famine into that person's life and cause them to quickly make the logical decision and choice that they will flee that loose living city. They will flee that pig pen and that they will run for home, that they will come to you, Father, and humbly bow before you, confessing their sin. And Lord, I ask also that for every person who is bitter-hearted, accusing, fighting, name-calling, Lord, I pray you will move in their hearts. And that just as you rescued the first lost son, I pray you will rescue the second lost son. Lord, it seems sometimes that people pay no attention and you can't break through to them. They are determined to argue and say the same thing, to fight constantly and never give up their wickedness. Lord, I pray today you will give men and women the courage to turn away, to follow the path of the cross, that they will follow you to Calvary and be crucified with you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I pray your blessing for every person who's listening to this broadcast today. Some, Lord, I know are facing very difficult times physically. I pray for your gracious mercy and healing for them. Lord, I lift up my hand and I say, Jesus, please have mercy on your servants who are saying, I don't know how I can live like this. I know about that. Lord, I pray there are some whose marriages are just about to break. I ask Jesus that you would rescue the marriages of those men and women listening by calling both partners to get before you and confess their sin and to get right with you so that you can put them right with each other. And Lord, I ask, Almighty God, that you would bring revival to America. Lord, would you raise up a standard of righteousness in this city, and would you bring this nation to its knees Cause it to cry out and repent before you 
Lord, I thank you. I praise you, Jesus. I worship you. You are everything to me. I love you, my Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to speak with brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also invite you to come and worship with us on Sunday. You can join us at 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Now, that's also where I live because we're a house church. So you're welcome to write to me there at Ray Greenley, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22192. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Great joy.